0: The following
1: is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yes! Go Cowboys! This, this, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys
2: World Headquarters
1: at the Star in Frisco. Frisco. Allen streaks in. Streaks in. Touchdown. Has it. Prescott keeps it and he brings it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Standback. Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. We are live from the Star in Frisco and the SWBC Mortgage Studios as we continue to preview the Dallas Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills Sunday afternoon 325 kickoff. And it's Central Time for Week 15. And we've got Nick Harris. We've got John Machoda. I'm Kyle Yeomans with Chris Beam in the back. No Isaiah Standback today. He's on state championship duty. Yes, sir. If you want to watch Isaiah Standback today, you can watch him on Bally Sports Southwest coming up at 11 a.m. Central Time, right? Yep. 11 a.m. kickoff. He's got the 11 a.m. game today, Mart in Albany, and that is with Mike Leslie. And then 7 p.m. tonight, Central Time, he's got the call with Craig Way. Who's the night game tonight? Gunter and Elma Tone, Tidehaven. There you go. So, yep. for those you of you fans, fans of high school football, like Nick Harris. I was there last night. Yeah? Yeah.
0: yeah. Dashed over there after the league meetings and got to see the 2A-D1 game. It was beautiful. You're beautiful a sicko. I,
1: I kinda... you, went to the, you, you came here. You yep. recorded the show. Mm-hmm. You went upstairs. No. You didn't go upstairs. I did go upstairs. Yeah, I mean for like a split second before you went to locker room availability. Yep, you were in locker room. Yeah, then you got on on your horse. You went to the, w- <laughs> the the league meetings. Yeah, you went across town to Irving. Were there for the league meetings, and then from there you went back to Arlington and was at AT&T Stadium last night. Yep, yep, all in a day's work. And now you've got a sport coat on. This is what happens. <laughs> This is what happened. I saw him grinding yesterday. We were hanging out for a little bit at those owners' meetings. Did you take Good one time. of those Black Rifle coffees in like yesterday, nah, too? No, nah, I
0: didn't. I actually didn't have any coffee yesterday, so, I'm, yeah, I was, just, I was just running off vibes and John Machoda's <laughs>
3: expertise, <you> Yeah, know. <laughs> Vibes <laughs> in a dream. Did you make it over there to the league meetings, too? I did, I did. Yeah. Uh, whenever – it's usually – there's, like, three days out there where you can potentially go. I only go for the final day because, generally, when everything wraps up, uh, Roger Goodell will go talk in a conference room and that's when all the other owners are leaving. And so if you've been to these a few times, they're at this same place. It's in, in Las Colinas. And uh, when they're leaving, then that's usually when Jerry, you can kind of grab him when he's coming out the, uh, one of the side doors, which is good because all the other reporters are in Roger Goodell's press mm-hmm. conference. So if you haven't been there before, then it, it's, sometimes it's easy to lose track of, you know, because you got to walk outside and kind of go around this other area where you're it, – it, I don't know. You, you were standing there, Nick. It kind of feels like you're not supposed to be there, type thing. You know, it's yeah. a nice hotel, and um, but man, I'll tell you what. When Jerry sees you, he just always has something to talk about. Like he, mm-hmm. I, and at yeah. no point did I feel like we talked to him for over 20 minutes. At no point did I feel like he was like, "All right, guys, I gotta go." Like he was, I don't know. And probably team playing well is probably factored into. But yeah, uh, yeah, he was he was down to talk for a while, and and so when that happens, it makes it really worth it. Because like I was telling Beam um, before the show started that. There's times like that where at the combine and things like that, where you feel pretty good that you're going to get Jerry or Steven, but there are times every once in a while where you're waiting for three, four hours, and then you don't get anything. Yep. And then it's just kind of like, you feel like you <laughs> got to explain this to your bosses of like, this is what I was, I'm, no, we have to wait outside here. This is part of the job. This is what we do. So, um, and the other interesting part about it, you didn't see it as much yesterday, but at the combine is so few other owners talk. Yep. And so yeah. it, there is such a payoff. If you cover the Cowboys, there's been at the competition committee meetings where Steven's at, it's usually the beginning of combine. There's other coaches, other front office people. No other reporters except for Cowboys reporters. Yeah, yeah. And there's like ten Cowboys reporters that are there because it's it's worth your while. You and know, we're all huddled around, right. kind of on the laptop working while we're waiting. And right. then he pops up. He's there for twenty minutes.
1: Yeah, I've never done the league meetings grind, but like when you were talking about it, I was thinking combine. Oh yeah, I was absolutely. thinking the combine r- rotation of it all. The, uh, I mean, with him saying having a bunch to say yesterday though. Does that lead into some news and notes? It does. It does. Is indeed. there? A lo- I yeah. mean, there, I feel like there's a I lot like that to talk segue. This <laughs> is
0: a, a pro's pro. I like right yeah, it. the yeah, talk. It is, it is. I mean, between Sunday and yesterday, we have had 50 minutes of Jerry Jones access, five zero. So there's a lot to talk Let's about go. with Jerry Jones.
1: Thanks, Jerry. Um,
0: but uh, I, I just want to start off with my my biggest surprise about the league meetings. Before we do dive into the news and notes, the lunch was phenomenal. Oh my Wait. gosh! I, I so I, I almost picked up a. Uh, a burger. before I came in. I was trying I to get a response for yeah
1: Yeah, me too. You should have picked up Whataburger. I, sh- I should have picked it up It would have been better.
0: It would have been, but I would have had to pay. Instead, I got free lunch here at the, at the <laughs> Las Colinas hotel That's that we were That's the only at. reason it you chose it
1: over Whataburger. Yeah, it was
0: the only reason. It was incredible. It was incredible Thank stuff. You, Did not expect that. Glad I didn't pick up food, but shout out Whataburger. I might tonight. Anyway, <laughs> uh, news and notes diving into uh, uh, what Jerry said yesterday during his 25 minutes of access while I freeze because I didn't bring a coat. Um, we could start off with... Um, the uh, the Super Bowl was chosen for uh, SoFi Stadium in 2027 yesterday, so that that makes AT and T Stadium. It'll go at least 17 years without uh, a Super Bowl since 2010. Um, Uh, Jerry was asked about a lot of things, you know, like, uh, were you guys in the conversation? Did y'all put in a bid? And he was saying that there isn't really like a bid process anymore, but that people just kind of like stand up in the room and uh, they move forward with candidates that see most fit, like what fit most criteria. Jerry said that uh, sometimes the criteria that go along with it are just more than what we want to do. There was a time when you had to play some home games in some other countries to get a Super Bowl. We just decided to sit out that year. I'm using that more as an example, but it just doesn't fit for for us right now so uh he said he was um um thrilled about uh, a sofi getting into 2027 said they deserved it but um that uh, you know at&t stadium just wasn't in the mix this time around so
1: that's so interesting the fact that it's been that long for what could arguably be said as one of the best
3: if not the best stadium in the league no question that's how i feel i mean we were saying before the show, I feel like AT&T Stadium with the doors and roof open is the best stadium. Um, I haven't been to Allegiant yet. People I know that have been there say that it's not better than AT&T. So yeah. that's the only other ones that I would put in the newer level with AT&T, uh, SoFi, uh, U.S. Bank in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And then, and then obviously Allegiant where the Raiders play. And I'll tell you what. this is. I'm just going to read in between the lines of the 20 minutes around with Jerry. And... I don't know if you noticed towards the end there when he was asked about the officiating, how he talked about how – now this is all going to come back to the stadium mm. <laughs> uh, and the Super Bowl. Interesting. How, how when he talked about the officiating, how he mentioned replay has brought more eyeballs to the game and made it more interesting. Like they've been able to track that having instant replay is has been actually good for the sport in terms of talking about it. Hmm. And so – I took that as probably the fact that so many people talk about the officials and the NFL and everything like that. And Jerry is a person that likes that. Hey, as long as everyone's talking about it, he's happy because then the the spotlight's on the NFL. And clearly, if you follow sports right now in the United States of America, the NFL is just lapping everything else. It's not even close. So anyway... um, which makes me think of that Mark Cuban quote about how uh, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. I'm still waiting for them this is going to happen. doesn't sound like the same thing too. Anyway, um, but uh, that was almost the 10-year anniversary is coming up on that one. So we're still going to wait on that. But uh, Still getting fatter. But because of that, I think there's a part of Jerry that likes L.A. having the Super Bowl again because of the glitz and the glamour. Jerry obviously was a big part of L.A. getting that team back there. Yeah, He's close with Stan Kroenke. You know, if you've been out to that stadium, they have like the NFL Network headquarters are right across the street. They're really trying to build that into a hub. So I'm not saying that he's fine with not getting the Super Bowl, but I think that that would be the one spot where he'd be like, this helps the brand. Uh, everything. Yeah. You know, they did a great job with it when it was when it was. they just had the Super Bowl what, uh, 2022. Mm-hmm. So I do think there is a small part of Jerry that thinks like that of the bigger picture as opposed to just like being angered that my stadium isn't getting one, I guess.
1: Yeah, and, and I completely get that because Jerry was so instrumental in allowing SoFi to happen. Right? I mean, yeah. he was a big partner in that that whole planning process. At some point, it'll come back. At some point, AT and T Stadium is is too much. It, you talk about in the the limelight and in the middle of everything, the Cowboys brand, AT and T. It's always there. So it'll come back at some point. It's just shocking to me that it continues to to get kicked down the line that that can continues to be kicked and maybe the the you talk about the way that SoFi did things great and LA is is so reliable from a weather standpoint year-round that maybe that plays a factor into it and then the factor of 2010 and the ice and the the snow and everything that happened in Dallas that year that was really out of control from a football standpoint it was mostly just outside factors maybe that plays a factor into it too but I still think if you if you do that nine times out of ten in Dallas at that time of year, it's not going to be what it was in 2010. You're going to find a different weather <laughs> report than you'll see in that in that standing. So interesting to think about, and I, I think. At some point, the, the Super Bowl will come back. It, just maybe after the the World Cup final comes.
0: Yeah, and, and there's probably a possibility that you know once the renovations get made for I think it's the suite level at AT and Stadium ahead of mm-hmm. the uh, World Cup um, that um, you know maybe there's some uh, some more leniency that, that the NFL will have in bringing back AT and Stadium. On that same note, really quick, this isn't really a news of note, but we can kind of brief it really quick. He was asked yesterday if he feels confident about the World Cup final being at AT and Stadium, and the New Jersey governor. Said uh, Phil Murphy said back in September that uh, the two finalists are MetLife Stadium and AT&T. And uh, Jerry, he was as he as confident. He said, no, I'm not confident. Mm. And he kind of gave a sales pitch after. It was why that, uh, AT&T Stadium should be the final finalist. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. It, it doesn't sound um, doesn't sound too promising there in case uh, any soccer fans out there were hoping to get the final at AT&T. I'm um, hoping. I'm still hoping. I, I, I'm, I'm still holding, holding out hope. hope as well. Please. I am holding out hope as well. Let's make it happen, guys.
1: <laughs> we could put together a sales pitch, too. I mean, we can yeah. all three make it happen. Let's yeah, do it. let's just
0: do talking World Cup. A couple of days, we could do. We that. Can do I'm, that. I'm That'd cool be great. That. It'd be awesome. Um, uh, the owners did approve a new international game yesterday in Sao Paulo, Brazil, for the twenty twenty four season. It's going to be the league's first ever game in South America. I'll
1: take that too. By the yeah, way,
0: yeah. Well, that's not going to happen. What? Jerry Jones was asked uh, yesterday if there's any interest from the Cowboys in going out there, and it's the, it's the same it's the same thing as going out to England. Whereas the Cowboys would have to give up a home game to go there and be the home team there. Hmm. Um, and he said, we have a lot of fans. It fits for a lot of clubs. It doesn't fit for the Cowboys as much. We have the highest attendance in the NFL, of course. When we don't have a game here, it makes a big difference. Now, he did say... That there is one international destination that he would be willing to go to if, if, if the league were to push. Don't say it. Don't say it. And he said, when we aren't playing here,
1: I want to be in Mexico City. Ah, I was going to guess it. I He's, said don't say it.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you were saying, like, don't say the right one. Oh, no, never I'm, mind. Never mind. But bad. I was going
1: to say Mexico City. So My bad.
0: Uh, he said, uh, Mexico City is good and close. If I'm going international, I want to play there. Mainly because of our fans and our following and the affinity that we get uh, here back home in the united states from the hispanic fan base uh, and then he mentioned later in the interview that azteca which is the big uh, historic stadium in uh, mexico city or monterey where would be the uh, uh, two locations that he'd be willing to go play in in mexico so if uh, if uh, if the cowboys are, are going abroad it's going to be in mexico
3: that would be awesome i wouldn't completely rule out brazil though i don't think it's 100 percent The door is shut on that. I still think it's a possibility. I think that's what Jerry's saying coming out of those meetings, but I wouldn't completely rule it out. There are other people that believe that the Cowboys still have a good chance of playing in Brazil next year Hmm. uh, with the extra home game. So I don't know. We'll see how that all gets worked out, but I don't think it would be a huge surprise if they end up playing that first game there. Uh, and I would not be opposed to that either. No.
1: So.
0: At all. I'll take that trip. <laughs> At that all. That sounds great.
1: Yeah. Mexico City would be awesome as well. Oh, uh, there are yeah, so many fans down there, too. Yeah. It, yeah, either one of those would right. be phenomenal. Well, Jerry
0: did say that he has a lot of business in Brazil, and that he's the biggest automotive dealer in Brazil. He did say that in the interview. So What? It's, <laughs> a num- it's the number one thing I learned yesterday,
3: I'll be honest with you. Was yeah. he tongue in cheek, or is that no, a real thing? No, oh, it was like Calvin a- Watkins looked it up after. It, it's, it's true. It's a real thing? <laughs> <laughs> There's stories out there, yeah. Dude, yeah.
1: that's insane. Yeah, that's incredible. Incredible, really. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, there's nothing wrong with
0: Brazil. I love Brazil. Our, we have a ton of fans in Brazil. I'm one of the biggest automotive dealers in Brazil. Yeah, what? We just kind of like looked at each other,
3: like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I wish I would have followed up on that. That's my bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll so, right, are we <laughs> talked about Chevrolet,
0: Ford. <laughs> what are we doing here? Uh, but yeah. Straight cash. Yeah, straight, straight cash. But um, yeah, fascinating stuff. And, and then the last thing we could touch on here before. Uh, Diving into the next segment is um, John across from me asked about uh, Dak Prescott's uh, contract extension situation. You know, with him having this MB ca- MVP caliber type season, mm-hmm. um, obviously, the you would think that the price tag would be going up, but it kind of sounds like and John, you can kind of pitch in here and, and kind of give your take because uh, uh, you know, Jerry be, Jerry be talking. Um, <laughs> he, he said that the price tag's kind of always been the same. That's kind of what I took from it is that he's had this high number that he's looking forward to getting done when the, when the season is over. He said that that number has been high and it's been the same since he's been playing when he played poorly early in the season. And since he's been playing better later in the season, he said he's not worried about an increasing price tag. uh, But he does know that there's a lot of players that he's going to have to pay here pretty soon. And he said it's going to be like fitting a square peg in a round hole. So uh, I I know there's a little bit of concerns there um, as far as getting everybody done, because, I mean, when you look at it on paper, Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, Michael Parsons, Deron Bland now, Mm. uh, Tony Pollard if you want to bring him back. I mean, there's a lot of guys that they're going to have to pay here pretty soon. So uh, Dak Prescott obviously being at the forefront of that conversation just because an extension needs to get done this offseason and and preferably as soon as possible. Uh, And this MVP MVP caliber season will surely make that a little bit more difficult.
1: Well, think about even if you're going to bring up Deron Bland, you could bring up the entire 2022 draft class. Yeah, Tyler Smith. Uh, Tyler Smith. Yeah. Um, Jake Ferguson, mm-hmm. De'Ron Bland, I, I mean, they, they, the list goes on and on on that one because they've, they've had so much impact from that draft class that all of those contracts are going to hit in the same offseason if you don't get something done early. So uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. And I think right now you're riding the high. You're, you're, you're winning games. He's playing at an MVP cali- caliber level. Don't worry about it too much. Uh, but but at some point that will be a conversation, yeah. especially in the off season. That's going to be a conversation. Speaking of Dak Prescott, he is one of eight finalists for the Art Rooney Sportsmanship Awards. That that uh, that came down this morning. He's the only quarterback to be one of the finalists, uh, along with Kevin Zeller, or, uh, Kevin Zietler, Bobby Wagner. CJ Mosley, Khalil Mack, Kyle Yuschek, Max Crosby, and Buddha Baker and Dak Prescott. Look, I so. love
0: Max Crosby, but well, we're talking about a sportsmanship award yep. for him? Yep, it is uh, it's the <laughs> I award. I feel like he's always saying something to quarterbacks every time he throws their yeah. head in the
1: ground. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> uh, given to the player who best embody, embodies traits like integrity and respect for the game and opponents. <laughs> Current players decide the winner. That's so, good. hey, that's if good. current players have them finalized, that's true. You know, that's fun. true. I, it
0: may, I, I'm not on the field.
1: You know, I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know anything. Yeah, if it's anything from what we've seen in that quarterback documentary on on Netflix, he talks a lot on the field, and then after the game's over, he's buddy buddy with that's everybody. True. So that I is don't true. I that do that want to get
3: John's thoughts it. on the on the Dak conversation, though. As long as Jerry Jones is alive, there's no chance that Dak Prescott, Micah Parsons, and CeeDee Lamb are going anywhere. Yeah. it's not happening. Yeah. Uh, I think that they'll find ways to get all those other guys that you mentioned, but they're all, they're on the side. Like they're those three, that, that trio, that's what, you know, when he had the follow-up, oh yeah, you asked it about CD. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the way I took his answer on, on that was that, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out when it gets there. We want these guys obviously playing at this elite level because the goal is to win a Super Bowl mm-hmm. and it's our chances are significantly better to win a Super Bowl these guys are playing at that level and I totally get it. But Jerry loves stars yeah. and you could potentially have... The highest-paid quarterback, highest-paid defensive player, one of the highest-paid wide receivers, and that might just be the cost of doing business, you know. Yeah. So um, it also makes you think, especially off the Otani deal, that if there wasn't a salary cap, we wouldn't even have oh to discuss this gosh. stuff. It would just be getting done, and we would just be reporting about how crazy the number is being given to Dak and yep. Mike and C.D. I just do not see those three. Everything else, I, I mean, I, it's, it's difficult for me to see them letting Deron Blanco or Tyler Smith, all that. But that's on that next level. Those three, I just can't see them. I mean, just the way that they've all played, I mean, you're not going to move on from your franchise quarterback playing at an MVP level. Micah is, is, is doing numbers that have, haven't been seen since Re- Reggie White. And at CeeDee Lamb, every single season keeps getting better and better. Uh, Jerry loves number one wide receivers. He's not letting CeeDee Lamb go. Yeah, if
0: if there wasn't a salary cap, I feel like we could book
3: trips to February like yeah. as soon as they get announced.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, it's uh, that's probably there's probably a lot of truth in that being the nucleus of uh, those yeah. three guys. I, um, but it also kind of it, it it starts with this off season. They're going to have to make some decisions this off season because it's going to you know have a trickle down effect for the next few years and whenever they do get to the Micah conversation or the Deron Bland situation. So are we talking about you know Stephon Gilmore? Hey man, we love you, but. Just can't bring you back. I mean, yeah. it, there, there's yeah. only so much we can do here. I think that's a conversation that'll probably be had with a couple of guys. And it's tough. It's tough. But
3: oh yeah, be when season conversation. Yeah, when you're making all those moves, though, I can I can already see where it would be. It's that well, we're gonna have to draft a corner in like the second or third round, mm-hmm. kind of throw them to the wolves. And yeah. hey, it, there might be some growing pains, but we are paying these guys all of this, or are about to pay all these guys. This these are some of the moves we have to make. That's why. You know, you list your top players and then obviously Jerry and Mike as being most important or uh, Mike McCarthy, sorry, being most important, but very high on that list is Will McClay because they're going to have to continue to draft as well as they have. Uh, to fill in the gaps in some of these spots you know
0: a, a big sentence that I feel like has been told to us a lot at least since I've started on the beat is we trust in our scouting and we trust in our evaluation department yeah and I feel like it gets even more important when you talk about this conversation because it's like okay this is just an example hey we can let us Stephon Gilmore go because we trust that we can draft another one you know like not yeah. another Stefan Gilmore but we can draft a guy that can be just as impactful to throw in on on the boundary and be okay or throw in that nickel and be okay so how do you guys um, think
3: that would impact Though the potential, if they've had so much success off of the Cooks, Gilmore trades, Mm -hmm. are where would you guys sit on the whole idea of? do you want to keep trying to make those moves or are your picks too much where you have to get those, they, where you can't make those maybe one, two year swings on veteran players because they've had so much success. It makes me think that they're not going to stop doing that. Yeah. But, you it know, feels circumstantial for me. Same here. Yeah. I
1: think they've been looking for deals like that. They've been hoping for opportunities to spend day three picks, late day three picks to have impactful players, veterans come in and, and have the same sort of impact that cooks and Gilmore have had. That doesn't always happen, though, and, and not every year you're going to have a guy on the market like a Gilmore or a Cooks and say, hey, here's a fifth-round pick or here's a package of a fifth and a sixth, and, and it's, it's going to work out. I think if it is available and you do have an opportunity to do that, I I don't see them trading rounds one through three ever yeah. and round four uh, almost any time. I mean, it would have to be a perfect deal to trade uh, a fourth-round pick they value those picks super well and for good reason. I mean, we talked about it yesterday outside of 2023. Right now, you're still hoping for a little bit more out of your 2023 class, but the last four years have been really impressive draft wise, and they've continued to do so uh, drafting and, and, and roster building at a high level. And I mean, if you're able to do that with later day three picks, that's one thing. If you're able to, to do it with rounds one through four. That's another thing. DeMarvin and is going to come
0: back and redeem the 2023 draft class. I hope so. <laughs> that
1: sounds great. Hey, Viliami Fahoka was designated for return. Maybe he pops back in. Yeah, uh,
0: we could touch on that super fast. Uh, Jonathan Hankins hard-pressed to play on Saturday, mm-hmm. or excuse me, on Sunday. I'm thinking college. Uh, on Sunday, according to uh, Mike McCarthy. Um, so it, it looks like um, there's going to need to be some defensive tackle help. Expect Carl Davis to get elevated off the practice mm. squad. Uh, Ten-year veteran who um, you know, he's played with a handful of teams and six foot five, three hundred 35 pounds i believe so he's he's definitely a wide body in there and then two guys were uh op- they had their 21 day practice windows open um defensive end um Viliami jr the fourth round pick out of san jose state he hasn't played all season Mm-mm. uh but he has been on the 53 man when he wasn't on the ir and then uh, billy price who's on the practice squad he had his 21 day window opened as well i don't foresee e- either of those guys being on the roster by the end of the season I don't think either of them make the 53 man at, at some point wow Um, I, I just don't see room for them unless an injury happens between now and then um, I, I don't I don't see where they could fit in but um, maybe I'm wrong we'll see
1: yeah I mean right now Brandon Aubrey's carrying this rookie class He's, yeah. he's, and he and, wasn't even a draft pick.
0: And Hunter
1: Lipke. That's true. Hey, he wasn't a draft pick either. He wasn't a draft pick either. Still
0: That's
1: a rookie. Work. Uh, we got a text from the 432 before we go to break. He said he lives out in West Texas. He looked out his window this morning and pretty sure he saw Brandon Aubrey warming up, kicking toward AT&T <laughs> Stadium. Hashtag weapon. Nice one. Yeah, he's Philly. getting ready That's for the good. wind in yeah. Buffalo. He's, <laughs> uh, he's out there. Is. He's out West. He's trying to, trying to make it work. All right. When we come back, we don't have Isaiah stand back today, but it's next man up. It is uh, our own rendition of of quarterback vision, of QB vision. We're going to take a look and preview. The Cowboys offense versus that Bills defense that's missing a couple of pieces. How much does that play a factor when we come back with more Talking Cowboys? app only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply, member FDIC.
3: Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the
1: show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you?
2: Back to Talking
1: Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, this segment is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Back alongside, if, what was that? I wonder if Isaiah got him in this morning. I wonder if he did as well. I, I can turn to the left. Normally, I turn to the left and find <laughs> Isaiah and ask, have you had your oats this morning? Did you get your oats in, John?
3: I most certainly did not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going on a bottle of water right now. That's all I've yeah. had this yeah, morning. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Same here. You not a get, breakfast person. Gotta sorry, get quicker Wait, really? Never. Just in general? No. Well, I mean. Like, you just don't eat breakfast? No, no. I'm you, never hungry in the morning. Do you never. like breakfast food? Uh, yeah, it's fine. Okay. But it's not like... Uh, the idea of, of eating this massive breakfast, like, you know, the whole, like, traditional, like, whatever, toast, eggs, sausage, yeah. all that, I would never, I, I can barely eat a granola bar in the morning. I'm wow. not hungry at all. Interesting. No. My stomach typically takes a couple hours to get settled
0: when yeah. I wake up, too, uh, so I'm kind of along the same line of thinking, but there have been some times where I hop out of bed and I'm like, where's the eggs? Let's, yeah. let's
1: go to work. <laughs> Mine is <laughs> mostly just because I don't like waking up in the morning early. I'm I'm a I'm a <laughs> night owl, so I'm usually up at 2 a.m. and not not up at seven so mine is like i just don't have time to eat breakfast normally and then i'll go grab a bite to eat i love breakfast food though the um if isaiah were in here he would be flag- flabbergasted he would just be beside himself. oh we've talked about it before yeah, yeah
0: he, uh,
3: most <laughs> important meal of the day, got day whatever. okay cool all right need the energy
2: yeah. all right isaiah i got energy i'm
3: fine I don't also i don't really drink any coffee either and that's right like that. so i don't really i don't feel like i need the energy in the morning uh, i guess i could always use it but uh yeah, no, just not a not a breakfast person, not a notes person. Sorry, guys. Yeah, just going it.
0: off vibes every Just morning. going off vibes. And just vibes in a, a
3: dream. I'm baby. living a dream life right <laughs> Let's now. Let's roll. Okay? All right, Dak
1: Prescott has been living the dream lately. I mean, he's playing at, a, at an extremely high level. Dang. He continues to, to throw the rock around, take care of the football, lead his team to victory. This week against a team that's missing multiple pieces on that defense. Uh, we, we talked – earlier in the year even, uh, about the Matt Milano uh, and what he did in the first couple weeks of the year. He's out. He's on IR. Uh, the the way that they lost uh, Tredavious White early in the season to a torn Achilles back in week four. I mean, there's, there's multiple pieces out of that defense that was so highly vaulted early in the season that it looks like a, a completely different unit. But, Nick, whenever you look at this defense for the Buffalo Bills, they still have – an opportunity. They still have talent. And they've been playing better football as of late, most notably what they did against Kansas City last week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, they got guys on all three levels. Still, uh, we could start up front uh, on their defensive line. Ed Oliver, um, Houston product uh, from, uh, went to the University of Houston as well. Uh, he's been he's been a guy in their defensive interior for the last, I guess, gosh, it's probably been like four or five seasons now. Um, he, he's going to get after he's going to get after the passer. He's going to uh, force some problems in the run game as well. Um, and then when they have Von Miller, obviously he's really productive but with what's going on with his legal situation we'll kind of see as that settles out uh but they got some they got some guys up front that will make things difficult for the Dallas cowboys offensive line and the second level you mentioned uh, matt milano going out and that's obviously a tough injury for them but they've had a couple of guys step up similar to how the how the cowboys have in the linebacking core you can look at tyrell dodson uh, uh undrafted um undrafted free agent out of texas a&m in the mm. 2019 draft class uh he was really productive at a&m but it surprised me at that time when he went undrafted but he's kind of undersized so it makes sense but he's he does a really good job of being able to cover the middle of the field you know dallas loves to run a lot of things across the middle of the field they're gonna have to keep an eye on dots and that's going to be huge for uh, uh Dak prescott to be able to you know see across the middle and be able to factor in w- uh, with that timing and then in the secondary trading for rasul douglas uh, uh during this season from from green bay uh it's paid dividends for them uh, he's been great he's he's fit in with that secondary almost seamlessly uh done a great job on the boundary just taking the best guy and being able to uh, uh do what he can against him and then uh, jordan poyer while he did not practice yesterday with a neck stinger so that's definitely something to watch as the week goes on jordan poyer at the safety position also really talented in their secondary uh, there's going to be problems here and especially when you factor in the weather the fact that you know this uh, this team doesn't play up in buffalo that often um i think this will be Dax, Dak prescott's first time going up there yep. um so it's 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 all going to be factored in and uh, we had asked Jerry yesterday, he was like, what do you have to prove in Buffalo tomorrow? He's like, nothing. We just need to go up there and find a way to win. Yep. Like, that's it. And that's it's as simple as that, and I, I think it's very true as well. If they go up there and win three to two, that's a, that's an accomplishment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd take that. Yeah, The Bills ranked top six in scoring defense, takeaways, sacks, and quarterback hits yep. in 2023. So even with those pieces unavailable, uh, I mean, they're sixth in points per game allowed. They're tied for third in takeaways with 23. They have 42 sacks, which is tied for third in the NFL fell and 87 quarterback hits which is fourth so it, it's it's impressive the way that they've had to to fill in the one thing that that whenever i looked at this defense and i watched a little bit of film on them yesterday mostly that kansas city game they they allow a lot of opportunity especially out of the slot which in my opinion is cd lamb i mean just circle cd circle the opportunity he has he's continued to, to put up massive numbers they've allowed eight passing touchdowns and a 105 passer rating versus the slot, according to Next Gen stats this year. That's the fourth most in the league in terms of passing touchdowns out of the slot and the fourth highest passer rating out of the slot this year. So whenever I'm looking at a matchup here in the way that they play, they play a lot of nickel. They don't play a whole lot of base. If they're playing that nickel, they're playing out of the slot. They're not very good there. And I think the Cowboys, especially if they don't have the safety help from Jordan Poyer over the top, that's an opportunity for uh, a big day for 88 and what he can continue to build
0: yeah and it's not only 88 uh, that, that's the that's the 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 good thing about this receiving 88, court. it could be three as i was about to say that anybody <laughs> in this 18, receiving court can play out of the slot 13? except for michael gallup I, yeah. I feel like michael gallup's the only yeah, one you can't gone. really put in the slot and he he can be just as effective but you look at brandon cooks you look at kavante turpin you look at cd lamb obviously jalen tolbert even as well has had some success out of the slot this year all those guys could do some things and even jake ferguson he's been lining up in the slot lining up out wide more as the season goes on. So. So, um, yeah, look for all those guys to get involved, in my opinion. But, CD, that's definitely suspect number one.
3: Yeah, when I look at this team, I look at a team that you could possibly run on. Um, mm-hmm. I know that the, the Chiefs really didn't have uh, a big day there. This is a rushing defense. They give up uh, 114 a game, 115, somewhere in that in that neighborhood. And, I'm, and one of the other reasons I'm bringing that up is just because of what I saw against the Eagles, who were a run defense that shut down the Cowboys earlier in the season. And I just saw a little bit of momentum coming from the Cowboys offense there in the run game in there, mm-hmm. both Pollard and Dowdle. So I'm interested to see how that carries over, especially because there is just a small part of me that is just still like I understand I can read a weather report. But there's a part <laughs> of me that just like there's always a chance when you get there that's like, yeah, it's not as it's not as good, whether it be wind, whatever, that maybe it might lean a little bit more onto the running game. So there, that, that's the one thing I think of when I think of looking at this defense. The other thing is, though. And just to be completely honest, and I think I might have said it on the show earlier this week, like I, I picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl. I still think this is a really good team. Yes. You know, you look at seven and six next to their name, and I think a lot of people will be like, oh, well, this team isn't very good. But if you break down and just look at their their schedule this year mm-hmm. and what they've done, there's nobody like handily beating them. No. Like there's not one game Every where. Every
1: single one of their losses have been by a sing, uh, single possession. Right. Six points to the Jets five points to the Jags, four points to the Patriots. That's a bad loss, but four points to the Patriots, six points to the Bengals, f- two points to the Broncos in a wild ending that they should have won, and then they had too many men on the field, right. and then they had to re-kick, and then the Eagles beat them by three. That's it. All of them have been less, not even a touchdown. That They haven't lost by more than six points.
3: Yeah, and I look at like some of their losses, even like the two in overtime. I look at that one against Philly. Where it took that wild kick right before to, Yeah to force yeah. even get to that point and, and Josh Allen to me is somebody that I would be concerned for in a big game. Like and this will be a big game to him. And the way he plays at home. So there's just parts of it where I, I look at this I look at the whole thing with the defense obviously included, and I'm just like this is not a game that anybody can sleep on. And I thought it was interesting how Jerry said at the end of that answer when he was asked about Buffalo, how he, he said it's comparable to um the the challenge of beating the eagles the week before and i think that there's some people that might listen to that and go yeah this is just jerry trying to play it up remember he said before the eagles game they was nervous 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 on that friday interview right before said it'd take a herculean effort to be able to beat them and but i i agree with jerry in there he said uh in terms of quality of the team and being on the road about the same kind of chips are on the line in this game and so Uh, you know i i agree i i and and I'd say the whole thing about me having them as a Super Bowl pick because I, I understand some people might think well you're just overrating them I don't, I don't I think this is a very good Bills team seriously like still I don't look at that record and go oh, yeah this is just like a 7 7 and 6 NFC team you know If anything they've played <clears throat> they played down the competition yeah.
1: because they've lost to the Jets the Patriots the Broncos whenever the Broncos hadn't necessarily figured things out yet uh, they they hadn't played well against the the lower teams in the division. I mean they beat the dolphins by 28. Uh I mean that was at home in October. Uh they've they've beaten teams like the Kansas City Chiefs now. They, they, don't look at the record. They're 5 and 2 at home. If you want to look at a record, there's one. Yeah. They're 5 and 2 at home. They're 7 and 6 overall. All six of those losses within 6 points. It's I would argue that this is a tougher matchup for the Cowboys given the circumstances of being on the road being in December having uh, you you had the home field advantage the 14 straight home wins to rely on at AT&T Stadium against the Eagles you don't have that anymore you're going up to buffalo they are hungry for a win they're still desperate down the stretch to try and work back into playoff positioning so with their final four schedule or four games on the schedule they got the Cowboys the Chargers Patriots Dolphins so it's not easy for them either this is this is not going to be an easy matchup
0: yeah, absolutely not. And um, there's so many factors that play into this, and I I don't want to preview our little pick 'em tomorrow, but mm. uh, I don't I don't feel great about. This this game from a Cowboys perspective, just and it's I don't think it would be a bad thing if they go in there and lose. I don't think it's the end of the world, but you need this win absolutely sure. because there's a lot on the line in the division and the conference. You want to now keep that, that momentum you, rolling, exactly. Exactly, and since you you beat Philly last week, there's a door that's open, especially if Philly's able to drop a game in these last four weeks. There's a lot on the line, um, but man, this is good. I think this is their toughest test the rest of the way. Uh, going to Buffalo and playing in those elements, this is the toughest game that they'll see the last four weeks.
3: Yeah, I kind of feel like it's almost like that. Season. Seattle game too where it's like the team is better than what their record says it is mm-hmm. and then you play the Cowboys you're going to usually get that team's best shot I, I anticipate that happening here we've talked before about how good Mike McCarthy's teams have been in December he's got two December losses since he, he's become the Cowboys head coach on the road one was in the his first year the COVID year 2020 they lost at Baltimore um, and then last year against Jacksonville uh, obviously, that was a game that the Cowboys probably should have won. Now they did lose it to Washington at the end of the year, but that was technically in January. Yeah. But they have performed well, even uh, even in some times when maybe you didn't think that they would win the game in December on the road. So maybe you got to factor that in a little bit too. Mike McCarthy's done a great job having this team prepared uh, as this season has gone along. You can see like multiple years of covering Mike McCarthy teams, what he's trying to do that the build up to towards the end of the season, be playing your best football. I expect both these teams to play well. But to me, it's it's almost a coin flip on on who's going to end up winning this game. With the, all of that, the, all of those factors, and the way that this offense has been
1: playing, the way Dak Prescott's been playing, do you expect this to be a high scoring affair, a shootout, or do you expect this to be more of a defensive juggernaut slugfest, back and
3: forth? So for a shootout, for me, I would think that both teams need to be in the 30s, 30s. or above, sure. and I don't see that happening. I think this is a low 20s game. Interesting. Um, I just think that. The Bills are going to play a lot better than they normally do at, and, at home, and I think that it's, there's just a part of me with the Cowboys, too. That I just want to see them play in a, in a tough road environment like that and play well, like we've seen them play at home where you can potentially blow out a team. They're not going to blow out this Bills team, but I just don't see them scoring in the 30s in this game. I'm not saying that that doesn't mean they can't win. If they do, I like the Cowboys' chances, but I just think this is a low 20s game
0: interesting Uh, to that same point about december mike mccarthy 12 and 2 in the month of december since taking over 33.6 points per game on the offensive side of the ball it's easily uh, his best month uh, offensively Uh, obviously this is his first year's play caller but he has a lot of say in that Uh, really quick i I hope this is a a game like vikings and bills last year which was kind of around the same uh, time uh, time of the year Uh, best game of the year last year in my opinion 33 30 vikings won in overtime justin jefferson had that wild fourth down catch to uh, keep them keep them in that game so uh, maybe maybe we have some fun up in buffalo on sunday john mishota that was man
3: that was wild (laughs) thinking about that that was the best game last year the whole uh was it the cousins fumble on the goal line so it was uh, they had uh gone for it on fourth and goal after they
0: the justin oh they didn't get it that's right
3: they got Mm -hmm. the
0: the, crazy one-handed catch to move down the field yeah and then they yeah uh they get stopped at the one yard line and then they josh allen and they just have to kneel it out or just like get a couple of yards and they're done and josh allen fumbles the snap vikings laying on top of it in the end zone tie the game go to overtime and then they went in overtime yeah, yeah. crazy game. I yeah, that, that game that one was, was nuts it was
1: right it was leading up into the cowboys game that day that yeah, was the game right. beforehand on fox and i remember being in the studio with barry isaiah and nate and we we usually have red zone up right before we're going live and uh actually i think we were in the middle of the show because it was leading up into it but we were in the studio. We were watching the end of the game, and we were in the middle of our pregame show, and uh, we were in like a small 90-second break, and that's when the fumble happened and they recovered it, and we like went nuts yeah. for a little bit, and then we had to like comb the hair back and then get ready and be like, all right, welcome back into pregame live, and then get <laughs> get into TV voice from there. But really, uh, yeah, I would well, love there,
3: for a game like that. I'm pretty sure there was a lot of reason to have an interest in that from a Cowboys perspective because weren't the Cowboys playing? Maybe I'm wrong on this you're trying to seating maybe. I thought the Cowboys play the Vikings the following week. Am I wrong on that? that could, no, you're right.
1: That because, could be right. Yeah, no, I think you're that's right. right. Because the they were undefeated when the Cowboys play or
3: one loss. Whatever, yeah, the Cowboys this is why I'm thinking them. about it. <laughs> this is exactly what I'm thinking about it. So you mentioned earlier the quarterback. Uh, the documentary. Yeah. yeah. I I I'm I'm watching that thing building up to. I'm like I can't wait to see the behind the scenes of the Cowboys game because <laughs> the Cowboys just dominated them. 40-3. They were Didn't such a good team, and they glossed over that. <laughs> they, they spent a lot of time on the on the Bills game, and yep. then they just kind of was like real fast. It was like they went a whole to...
1: episode on the Bills game, yeah. and then it was like the beginning of the next episode where they got They're... wrecked
3: to 40-3. Th- yeah, I just remember after the Cowboys won that game the following week, there was like a lot of moving of goalposts on the whole like, well, Minnesota really isn't that good. I'm just like, they just beat the Bills in Buffalo, and they had a crazy good record at that time. I don't remember what it was. It was 8-2 and two. Was after eight the Cowboys two? beat them because
1: yeah. they were 8-1 and one whenever they beat them, I believe. Um, it, uh, give or take a couple of wins. But, yeah, it was a really, really good record. Mm-hmm. Moving the goalposts against the team that the Cowboys beat? that happens. Couldn't be. It happens. Could not be. All right, when we come back, I'm not moving any goalposts. I'm telling you why. If Dak Prescott keeps playing like this, he will be the MVP of the NFL. Right after this with more Talking Cowboys. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you
2: for details. Back to Talking Cowboys.
1: Back here on Talking Cowboys, this segment of the show is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, I mentioned it going into the break. If Dak Prescott continues playing... Like he has been. He will be the MVP of the NFL. And I I know that's probably not like a crazy out there going out on a limb take. But I have some stats to back it up. So Dak is on pace to be the 11th player to lead the NFL in passing touchdowns and touchdown to interception, uh, interception ratio in the same season. Out of the previous 10 players that did that, nine of them won MVP. Who's the one? Do you know? One is Tom Brady in twenty fifteen.
3: Oh, I've heard of him.
1: Yeah, he was pretty good. Uh, Here are the guys: twenty twenty, Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. Twenty fifteen, Tom Brady did not win the MVP in twenty fifteen. Can anybody tell me who won the MVP? Twenty fifteen. Before that, Tom Brady. Twenty ten, yes. Tom Brady. Twenty or two thousand seven, yes. Cam Newton. Cam Newton won in twenty fifteen. Uh, I don't want to talk about Cam Newton on these airwaves. Peyton Manning, two thousand four. Yes, he won it. Kurt Warner, ninety nine. Yep. Brett Favre, ninety six. Yep. Steve Young in ninety four and ninety two. Absolutely. And then John Brody in nineteen seventy, and he did win it in nineteen seventy. I just think it's going to be hard for him if they don't win the the division. I even, feel like th-
3: even if he continues to
1: play lights out, and they they just barely miss the division.
3: Yeah, I just feel like it's become one of those awards that it goes to the. Quarterback of of the top team, top team, and I think it'll come down if they don't win the division. I think it comes down to Hurts and Purdy for yeah. uh, for MVP. If if
1: the season ended right now, would you vote? And you had an MVP. Oh, vote, it's Dak. It would it be Dak. Absolutely, I think it'd be mine in a heartbeat. Yeah, it'd be Dak for me. How much of an impact has he made on this team this year? I mean, we've talked about. Mike McCarthy evolving as a play caller and certainly this is in my opinion the best Mike McCarthy coaching job that he's done in his four seasons in Dallas and it's not even close. But the the way that Dak has helped elevate that and helped expedite that process I mean how much credit does he deserve on that one
0: I mean you want to you want to look at Dak's impact look at when he's been playing poorly and how how poorly the entire offense plays and then you look at when he's playing well and how well the entire offense plays so you could point on the the bad side on the in the San Francisco game 10 points of production those three interceptions in the second half just uh, they, they need capped any sort of uh, momentum in that second half and 32point blowout obviously that speaks for itself then you look at the, the good side of that, and he's playing on an MVP caliber level. He's only thrown two, ner- two interceptions since that game. He's thrown for, what, 26 touchdowns since that game, and he's uh, got the number one scoring offense, and everybody's getting involved. CeeDee Lamb's a number two receiver in the NFL, so um, it's... It- If you want to see how big his impact is, look at everybody else and what's going on with that. And um, the way he's been playing since that loss to San Francisco, and you look at the numbers and you stack them up with the success that Dallas has had overall. um, Yeah, I feel like he's MVP so far this season, and I feel like he can really punctuate that with a couple of big wins down the stretch as Mm -hmm. well.
3: Since there's nothing there that I can disagree with, and I think you did a great job of summing up all, all parts of it, I just want to throw this in there real quick. So my full-time job is I work at The Athletic, yep. and one of our NFL writers is Mike Sando. And before the season starts and then during the season, he does a thing called QB tiers where he reaches out to people throughout the league. And so he just released his QB tiers uh, today for the in-season one. Sure. And Dak So he was, does a preseason and an in-season. Right. Cool. And so the, Dak was in the second tier, which he has been uh, in the past. Um, so there, there's there in the number one tier, it, there are five quarterbacks: it's Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, and Justin Herbert. In the next tier down is Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, then Dak, mm. Stafford, Watson, Deshaun Watson, and Kirk Cousins. The reason I'm bringing it up because this is one of the most interesting th- parts about it is that he has sources that he's not just doing this on his own. He's th- this is all from talking to people in the NFL, whether it be GMs, scouts, whatever. And then he puts together the voting, and this is how he comes about it. But he also gets quotes from some people. So one voter told him, I feel Dak needs to finish a season to show what he really is. When you play the Arizona Cardinals and their game plan is to make Dak beat them, and he can't beat them, you are not Tier 1. Now, everyone has bad games, but I feel like that—that that is Dallas in general, blowing people out, getting killed by San Francisco. One other person, another voter on the thing said, they do good stuff on offense, they have enough weapons, and Dak can execute. When they play the really good teams and the pressure gets on him, it can get hit or miss. I want to see Dak do it when it matters.
0: Yeah, I think it's very valid too. It's valid criticism because part of that is valid. Part of it. I think it's valid as far as finishing. Uh, Sure. It's it's the one thing that has been the notch in Dak Prescott's armor so far in his career is that the fact that he can't get past the divisional round. So until he can do that, I don't think he can be in tier one either. That's that's I think. Can you name
1: the five? quarterbacks again? So, was, I'll say this. Yeah, Justin it,
0: Herbert does not belong in Tier 1. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. Because
1: Justin Herbert hasn't finished anything. Yeah. Josh Allen hasn't gone to a Super Bowl. So let's not crown him as the only thing, championship The much, only thing here. I could say is he Dad, has gone to a championship
3: game. Again, but, this isn't like just talking to media members. These are people in the exact, NFL. Sure. So there's a part of me that thinks that I could see people in the NFL thinking that Herbert's in a bad situation yeah. and that he's better I than the Herbert's situation. I great quarterback. But I, but I also can, because also I would say if if Dak was to the lead them to the Super Bowl, the next year when QB tiers comes out, he would be, he'd be, he would be in that tier one group. But uh, the top one it's Patrick Mahomes, one, okay. Burrow, two, got it. Josh Allen, three, and then Rodgers and Herbert. Rodgers, I mean, that's kind of a We just a haven't given. seen him this year. Yeah, yet. It's just not not a 2023 thing. I have no issue with the top three, by the way. I'm fine with Mahomes, Burrow, and, and Allen. Even Allen. as bad as Allen's been this year, if you're telling me i got to start a team right now, I got the third pick, and he's there. He's probably who I'm taking. I agree with you. In Twenty-seven the fact, years old. He, he's going to be playing at a high level, I believe, for a decade plus. I'm
1: a Josh Allen fan. I've always liked him. I liked him coming out of the draft. I liked him in Wyoming. I, I, I've always been impressed with with him. But based off of the reasoning from that one quote specifically, sure. when he's saying teams game plan to stop him, and you can't beat him, and you lose to these these good teams, and you lose to these bad teams, and yeah, I mean, whenever you don't play well, the the offense doesn't play well. That that sort of thing. I I think that reasoning would knock Josh Allen from that tier one as well. I mean, look at the Bills record when Josh Allen has a giveaway. When he takes care of the football in the 15 games where he has not had a turnover, they're 15-0. and 0. They've never lost whenever Josh Allen has zero giveaways. In the 30 games where he has only one giveaway, Josh Allen is 21-9, and nine, so a much better record uh, than, than you could have had. But whenever he has – more than two giveaways in those 17 games he's 8 and 9. So I mean that's a key for this Dallas defense force a couple takeaways, force a couple Absolutely. giveaways
3: and then all of a sudden it puts puts you in a tough situation. I think the thing that really helped him in the arguments is you go back 2 years ago in those playoffs when he got by New England. They get yeah. they they beat Kansas City and it you know it comes down to where it's like who has the ball last. Mm-hmm. And in those two games combined, I mean 9 touchdown passes no interceptions. I mean he, he there nuts. have been some playoff you know, games where I mean, even for his totalities, four and four in the playoffs, seventeen touchdown passes, only four interceptions. I mean, I I I just think that he's a really good player. I know this hasn't been a great season in a way; it almost seems like he's having a little bit of the Dak season from last year in terms yeah. of the turnovers. You know, but man. I, I would love if, if anybody, if I was a GM right now and, and anybody was trying to su- yeah. sell Josh Allen, I would love to commit to that guy being my quarterback for the next decade plus.
0: Yeah, if I'm building a team, I'm, I'm completely okay with having sure. Josh Allen on my team. And if he can clean up the turnover similar to how Dak has been able to do this season, Buffalo will win Super Bowls. Yeah. Plural. Like, the, that's that's, that's, a, that's a given.
1: I saw a stat. I'm trying to find it here. The fact that Dak has cleaned it up, though, as much as he has, it's never been done in the NFL. He could be the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era to lead the NFL in passing touchdowns the year after leading the NFL in interceptions. Wow. Not even Jameis Winston or Brett (laughs) Favre. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Uh, The only other quarterback in NFL history to do it was in 1945 – Hall of Famer Bob Waterfield. You, oh, I know you guys him. remember watching Bob Water- yes, Waterfield obviously. back in the day? 1945, he was with the Cleveland Rams, <laughs> and then he went to 1946 <laughs> with the L.A. Rams. Man.
0: Did he didn't play for the St. Louis Royals at any point or anything I, like I that? I don't know. Uh, maybe so. Bullets. Hey, He's a
1: Hall of Famer. He's in Canton. Uh, uh, but it's, no disrespect to Mr. Waterfield. Yeah, Waterfield, I'm sure, was was a great player. But that's, that's what the totality of what Dak is doing he's trying to flip it i get trying to finish a season mm-hmm. and the pressure is on from here on out anyway so he's going to have a chance to to prove it uh but you got to finish the season you got to put yourself in position playoff wise to try and make a run and then i get i get pushing him to tier 1 i just didn't like the quote i think yeah. i think that's the one thing is there were, i felt like it was kind of a cop out answer from whoever that that quote was from but that's a an interesting conversation for sure And I think Josh Allen's a Tier 1 quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I just think Dak is borderline Tier 1. He's got a chance to to prove it that he is up there
3: right now in the way that he's been playing. The definition on on Mike's list on Tier 2 quarterbacks is a Tier 2 quarterback can carry his team sometimes, but not as consistently. Mm -hmm. He can handle uh, pure passing situation in doses and or possesses other dimensions that are special enough to elevate him above Tier 3. He has a hole or two in his game. Okay. That's not terrible because i i agree with the consistency
1: part of it he's been consistent in 2023 but you got to keep that going you can't yeah of course that's the level of consistency or that's the definition of consistency right of being if i can say that word consistency
0: the uh I know we got to get out of here health I think is the biggest thing towards Dak as well though yeah like I whenever he's healthy he plays at this level that's you good think back to other times in his health career, of his offensive of line like too. That. yeah absolutely it's, it's when he's been healthy and he's had healthy guys up front
1: all right that does it for us be sure to call in on storyline with Nick Eatman get it at 888-855-2297 he's getting started in a couple minutes but that does it for us here on Talking Cowboys for Chris Beam, John Machoda, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the storm Frisco we'll see you tomorrow